Hello. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to what literally is the final Wickham Wanderers show of the season, following last week's what was going to be the final Wickham Wanderers show of the season. Yes, we, we promise that this is the last one. <laughs> Definitely. And very much looking forward to it as well. Uh, we don't have, a, obviously, a, a, a match to look back on, but um, we do have uh, lots to look forward to. Indeed. Uh, so we will be hearing the in-depth interview that I did with Gareth Ainsworth, where he talks about this season, uh, looks ahead to the future, and also reveals a little bit about the players that he's looking to sign over the summer. Lots to look forward to in that respect. I'm very much looking forward to hearing it, and uh, great to have the opportunity and the time with him as well. Plus, uh, also, before the end of the show, we'll look back at some of the lighter-hearted moments. Have you got a favourite? I think I know what you're going to say. All I can think about is that there were quite a lot of lawnmowers um, going <laughs> off during the various interviews that we did. That It seems to be a, a running thing, uh, particularly in the second half of the season. I didn't really notice it in the first half. No, because I guess the, the, you don't cut the grass quite as much in the winter, do you? Uh, maybe that's what it is, but definitely there were a few. Huddersfield in particular. Cardiff, where, where as soon as the full-time whistle blew, the, the lawnmowers started up. Welcome to the horticultural version of the Wickham Wanderer Show, where each week we look at cutting the grass in different seasons. <laughs> Yes, we're, we're, not, we're not doing Wicked Wanderer show next week, but we might come back with a gardening show, you never know. So this week, without further ado, as I say, we're featuring a fantastic extended interview with the Wicked Wanderers manager uh, speaking to Bob. How was it for you, the championship season? Uh, interesting, you know, um, a real learning curve, if, I, if I'll have to say, you know, we'll get in there, I'll go right back to Wembley and uh, me and Richard Dobson saying, what have we done? Like, we've done something wrong, you know, it was, it was unbelievable, we... we uh, even at Wembley, we didn't expect to get promoted. You know, we didn't. We, we Wickham Wanderers, you know, so, so to be in the championship when there wasn't much football being played on the playoffs was just phenomenal. But yeah, we uh, we had a quick turnaround that summer. Um, we had to get players in quickly. I remember the targets we had and uh, Uchi and, and Tafazoli and Daryl Horgan, you know, three of the big ones that came in. So plus starting this B team that Rob wanted to get going. And so it was a chaotic summer. We didn't really have much of a break and straight into it with the first game. But unfortunately, we'd, we'd picked up a few injuries by now. And because what happens at Wickham is uh, we train that intensely and our training ground's different and our training ground, the, the surfaces are different. We bring Uchi down from Scotland who hasn't really had much game time up there. We brought Tafazoli in and uh, and both of them really picked early injuries up, which I look back now and say cost us definitely because they were two of my star signings. But um, we went into that first game, Brentford Cup first, obviously, and then uh, Rotherham at home. And then for the next seven, we didn't win, you know, and, and that, was, that was a worrying time, you know, if we thought... Is it that big a deal? You know, this is a, uh, and obviously, eventually, we found out it wasn't. But it was just getting grips to it, getting used to it, getting used to the playing and the and the and the, the formation systems that other managers were playing, the the quality of players, and knowing that e- mistakes in either box were going to cost you. You know, and uh, and so that was a real baptism of fire that first seven games. But after that. Um, you know, it was actually double, wasn't it? He got the first win. I got the point against Watford and went in hospital. Uh, the, the point was important. That first point was important just to get off the mark. I remember should have been three. Obviously, JJ bent a corner in, and the referee didn't give that. And for, for the life of me, still we don't know why. But Ben Foster being man of the match that day probably was the day where I thought, you know what, this isn't too big. This isn't too big a step. We can we can compete at this level. And as I said, double obliged with a couple of wins after that. 
I mean, the, those games against yeah. Watford and the game before that against Norwich were, were both so impressive just considering yeah. that these were sides that had come down from the Premier League. And as you say, particularly against Watford, we, we should have beaten them. And against Norwich, definitely you, you deserved a draw. Possibly you should have won if Norwich had had their players sent off in the first half. <laughs> and, and they're all ifs and buts. And I, and I know every manager is going to look back at the season and go ifs and buts and we had that decision and that decision. I'd like to count the decisions and I think we'll be way on top on that. I remember speaking to Daniel Farker after the Norwich game and he said when they went to the Premier League last year, they had a very similar circumstance of the little club didn't seem to get the rub of the green. Now, I'd love a university study to be put on this because I really do believe that there is something in this. You know, I think that the referees are only human and there's no way it's intentional, but I think a subliminal, unconscious sort of, this is the new team coming up. They don't know the, they don't know how it works yet or we know this manager, we know this team. We And, and all these things will come into it in some factor and there'll be a formula somewhere in the world where you can work this out but we didn't seem to get the rub of the green you know the Watford game the Norwich game the free kick at the end there seemed very unjust but we did get off the mark and we started winning and we knew that points were there for us I think that was big that was the first goal obviously was big Scott Cashkit against Millwall but the first point you know that was big for us and then the first win was huge for us you know I mean from a hospital bed but um it was a turning point then that we knew what we had. We still didn't have Uchi back. We still didn't have Taff back. Taff has only picked up a major injury in the Swansea game at home, second game of the season. Really tried to play through some real bad ankle ligament damage and you know damaged it further. But that was the mark of the man. And, um, and the, let's just talk about you as well for a sec, because again, you've already said a few things that, that have been quite eye-opening for me, because I completely believe everything that you, you ever say. Um, and so for a start, interesting that you were saying about the the first seven games and you know and that you were worried because definitely you weren't clearly of course you weren't saying that to the media um and also the fact that you were saying you know it was a bit of a surprise actually to get promoted when you were then having the the back injury and the back operation it was very much sort of said to us that actually all routine it's all fine How, how actually ill were you uh, yeah, it was a pretty major operation you know i had always struggled with my back in the latter years of my career and um I didn't just have a disc that had um, a slip disc, they call it, a prolapse disc or whatever. Mine had actually properly collapsed out of my spine and was pressing on the nerves. I, I lost control of my of, of my lower half of my body. I was I was paralysed where from from the waist down, which was a real serious condition. You know, I remember it gradually coming on and coming on crazily. I did it at the training ground on the on the day of the Watford game. Um, I went in. I felt absolutely brilliant as I always have done. And I sprinted up the stairs at the training ground, which is something I've always done. I've always done it, got up the stairs really quick. And, you know, this energy that I, you know, it comes out in a physical aspect as much as the mental one. And uh, and I felt a pop in the back and it was a real major pop. Something had, had collapsed and obviously further scans and everything proved that um, my disc had collapsed in uh, in what's called your L5, I think. And uh, and it, it, it was that bad that it went right onto the nerves and trapped all the nerves totally. And... Uh, so paralysed from the waist down, couldn't couldn't go to the toilet. You lost control of them functions, which wasn't. I mean, it would be terrifying for anyone, but for 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 an ex footballer who's also a rock star, it must have been really terrifying. I'm sure a few rock stars have gone through it more than footballers, but uh, yeah, lying on the lying on the living room floor at home, waiting for the ambulance. I'll always remember, you know, the kids upset. Um, you know, and and uh, and it was a tough, tough, um, tough night. That was a real tough night. And if anyone's ever had a catheter as well, they'll know that that was probably the worst pain that, that there is. There's the, there's no uh, there's no denying that. But thankfully, you know, great surgeons got me in and, and operated that the, the morning uh, after. And uh, and it was just uh, 
pure relief you know it was honestly and I will never take anything for granted you don't take your health for granted you know anyone with back pain listening please go and get it checked out because you don't want to be in the situation I was in uh, the NHS deserve all the claps and everything for Covid but I've got a, another special reason to, to clap them as well you know so yeah it was tough um and especially we, we haven't won a game in the championship either by then so I was uh, still praying on my mind but your health does come first and as I always say there's more important things than football that was definitely one of them and, and then Dobbo and the team sorted that out yeah they did you know and, and it was great I remember uh, ringing Dobbo on the morning of the game and we're talking through the team and obviously I was still having a big input in selection but I couldn't I couldn't manage it as you know in play as you, as you call it you know double was it was down to him then and uh, I remember ringing Josh Hart on the day of the game so the game's playing um, and I remember ringing Josh uh, and Josh is in the gantry filming the game as he always is and I said uh, oh uh, I want my name who but one of the lads was looking tired and I said you know get, tell double get, get him off I think he's looking a bit tired I think he, he, you know as we were talking on the phone Josh said he's already doing it so uh, that shows how much me and double are in sync you know and uh, and I can trust him and it's really important but um, what's equally as important is double wanted me back more than anything he's not one of these who goes oh it's my turn I'll take the job and I'll show everyone what I can do and, and sod Gareth he was gaffer that's for you get back here as soon as you can we miss you you know and, and, and everyone was saying your energy that the place is flat without that energy and and it was uh, and it's really important that we, we have these relationships around the place Dobble's fantastic and I couldn't ask for another a better number two believe me I'd, I'd be search high and low and not find a, a better number two but um not just him, Waitsy, Josh, Kane, you know, we've been together for so long, we're, we're properly in sync. So um, it's times like that where you really realise how everyone cares about it and looks after it. And even the Keurigs, you know, on an anonymous year, really. And uh, ringing up, really concerned and ordering me not to come back too early. And, and Rob, you know, again, health is more important than anything. So just shows that, um, you know, the right decision was made with these people taking over this club because they're really good people. Hearts right in the right place, know what's important, but winners and want the best for the football club as well. We then had a, a bit of a lean spell up until Christmas and then we had the wonderful win against Cardiff and then the, the win over Preston as well. And for me, uh, that's when it started. Um, and coincidentally, I think Uchi and Taff started that game together. The first one they'd started together. We signed them in August or July even. And uh, and the first time they both started a game together was Cardiff at home and the 27th of December, I think. So it was really tough to be without two of your big signings and it proved that we'd made the right choice and I, I never believe I'd, I, you know, I've made a few mistakes but I, I'm hoping that it's 10 to 1 in favour of good signings since my uh, management here and, and them two definitely have been fantastic and, and I think that was the start we were turning teams over Cardiff Preston then in the FA Cup fantastic run and that just gave us more sort of confidence to go in, into the games and, and yeah we started picking up points here and there and, and, and started looking above us rather than thinking right we're dead and buried we're miles away I think we're 11 points at one stage but we started looking above us going who can we catch what can we catch where's that line and uh, and that was great a great timing for me as well because I thought I always said that if you start bad but end good it's much better than starting well and ending really bad you know because there's problems if you're ending really bad you you had something and you've lost it we've never done that at Wickham we always learn and we always have this zen zen spirit I've, I've done team talks on zen warriors before about learning and how we can adapt and learn all the time and there's never failure it's always learning and that was proved correct and I was really proud of the boys the way we finished the season but I think it did start around that 
just after Christmas there into the new year we felt a shift in uh, right this is Wickham's team now whether the lads thought there's nothing to lose whatever it was we were going to be better and we were better that second half of the season and then for 85 minutes as well you held Premier League Tottenham Hotspur yeah I mean I remember walking the dog the day the draw was made and this is genuine the radio can you believe it with all this brilliant 4G and 5G now hanging around my my radio I was listening to went off when Wickham Wanderers came out of the hat so I didn't know whether we were home or away I didn't know who we'd got and my dad rang me and said um, well at least you've got them at home this time and I was who 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 have we got at home and he went Tottenham did you not know? And he, he always loves having one up on me, my dad. I, I usually know everything. If a, a manager gets sacked or, or or something happens in the game, I always get a text from my dad, but it's usually about three hours after I've found out. I always find out first because I'm in the game. But this one moment, he was very proud that he'd known before me that we got Tottenham at home and he, he couldn't wait to tell me. And, and that was great, you know, the, the press around that. People looking back at that game and, and it wasn't, the one we had at White Hart Lane, the last, you know, the last team to score three goals at White Hart Lane, the away team, and uh, and it was great to look back and be a bit nostalgic on that and be proud of that day because rather than it be a revenge thing, or I thought let's look back at this game. What what a fantastic day that was. We were League Two, were we then? Yeah, and, yeah. and, that, and that, I mean, incredible, incredible what we did, and again, incredible seeing Uchi bully Alderweire for so many minutes and uh, and and Darius coming on and playing you know a part in in what would you know be his final season for us because uh, because of obviously the, the age and the injuries he's carrying but just moments like that at home that that game I just wish the fans had been there you know for these occasions because you know John D Taylor and and uh, Alan Hutchinson two two people who take real big pride in the ex players association they always bring these games up and these ex these games gone by and uh, I don't want this season to be forgotten in any way just because the fans were in it. I'm sure they won't let it, but uh, it just felt all season like something was missing and uh, and they seriously were. But um, you never know. We, uh, we'll get back at this level one day and they'll all be here. But yeah, great night against Tottenham and uh, Mourinho had to put his big guns on. That's that's my story anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's true. Um, you then went to Huddersfield and again, that was another incredible game. Yeah, and we have these, you know, people say to me that... Um, Teams only have these games once every three or four years. Wickham seem to get five or six a year. Uh, these it's, it's incredible. I remember MK Dons at home, Southend at home in the promotion season. You know the the Beanie Carlisle thing. We can go back and and have these magic moments. You know Mikael Smith scoring. Uh, oh, is it Paris? I think against Doncaster with ten men and things like that. So we seem to get five or six of these a season it's brilliant and Huddersfield was definitely one of them you know we were 2-0 down I remember looking over and some of the staff had their heads in their hands because that was really that would have been a huge huge gap to fill but um, we'd come up the night before we'd had a quiz in the hotel we made all the players feel brilliant about themselves because all the quiz questions were about them and what they'd achieved in their past careers and one of the one of the big moments for me that night was Curtis Thompson got a question about which player said that his favourite stadium ever to play at was uh, Juventus and it was Curtis Thompson because he was at Notts County and obviously Notts County and Juventus have this relationship so Curtis had played there and I think Jack Grimmer's question was uh, who made their debut for Mark McGee and that was it that was his question so he said I can't believe it um, I just get a question about who made my debut for Mark McGee Curtis Thompson gets linked with Juventus he said so it was a bit of a laugh and that and it was it was a good atmosphere that night you know and uh, and I think that carried over the next day and I don't think if we'd have not had that quiz and that that little um team bonding exercise on the Friday night I don't think we'd have come back into that game you know I, I really don't I think it it all counts and uh, and so that's another memory of, of something we did and uh, with all the tactics you do sometimes and all the work on the training pitch it's those little moments 
when the boys are together that count and uh, and that was a nice moment to, to come back into that game and I remember that journey home and the boys still laughing about the quiz questions but had, had taken the three points from a from a struggling Huddersfield team um, then uh, two fantastic home wins uh, one against Reading and one against uh, your your old team Blackburn yeah big big wins obviously I'm, I live over in uh, Wokingham so all you get in Wokingham is uh, is Reading kits you get the odd QPR kit which I, I, I I'm more known for in Wokingham than, than being the Wickham manager I always say that my, my kids go to school over there because nobody really cares too much about how Wickham are doing and, and win, lose or draw my boy and my girls can go to school without any getting any stick any major stick and if they've got school in Wickham it'd be right if we're winning but if we're losing I'd worry for him you know but over there there's plenty of Reading fans in, and my boy Kane he, he shares a classroom with a lot of Reading fans so again for him to be able to walk in with his head held high it's he's, he's a big moment for me you know? and and and, uh, and me as well around the town you know Reading ex-Premier League side big big side they were in the playoffs at the time and uh, I, I thought we, we played that game fantastically well really well I mean you know missed penalties and and, uh, and drama again that the fans have all missed but um, that was a fantastic result just because I live over that way and, uh, and it helps but the next next one obviously was Blackburn and I remember that was after a two week break and I'd always wanted to have a little tweak of a formation and uh, just commit some more attacking bodies I thought we needed to do that towards the end of the season and that was the game where we started doing that as well and uh, and so we'd had two weeks to work on a, on a new system and a new formation I'm going to detail obviously not no manager will but we definitely saw a new lease of life in the boys and a, and a willingness and, a, and an excitement to try this system out and, uh, and yeah taking ex-Premier League winners to, uh, to to defeat was, was brilliant it was even though it's my hometown but again little things for me mum and dad still live in Blackburn and, and obviously full of Blackburn fans up there and uh, and then walking around the uh, the town obviously being able to say you know what we, we didn't do too bad you know he's gone there and uh, he's, he's not done bad for himself as Gareth so all these things because they've always been there for me it was nice to give back a little bit but that really did start us on this run then of this form that you know, I think culminated in was it the last nine games of the season we were the fourth fourth form team in the league you know so these little moments I'll always remember and learn from and like I said just coming one point short has been a phenomenal phenomenal achievement but yeah we did go on a little run after that Blackburn game I was very proud of yeah uh, then a big uh, relegation game against Rotherham and we won 3-0 away yeah and that probably if, if there is any payback in this league it was for that first game of the season because I believe that was very close very tight draw I remember the video meeting after that game and how we were all fresh coming you know first game of the season and we were saying to picking the bones out of that corner that went in so to go up there and, and perform like we did I thought we really played well that day and uh, again it was more evidence that what we'd done and, and how we'd tweak things slightly uh, we were starting to come together and uh, yeah fantastic result and really did start believing we could start catching these teams above us and maybe just maybe get to this dotted line that everyone's talking about and then a tall draw with Swansea, which again was very impressive considering where they are. Yeah, playoff team, you know, and, and I still gutted we let Swansea back into the game. Jason McCarthy slipped and put his hand down, and as he's put his hand down, the balls hit it. And these things seem to, you know, it wasn't a tackle, it wasn't an intentional thing. It was just a real stroke of luck from from Swansea to get that penalty. And and Addy going up the other side, the the other end, fantastic goal to score, and then just a chance right at the death just to just to nick it, and he gets a nudge in the back that nobody sees, and it's just these things that I'll always go back to but um, you know a great result away there and uh, and obviously we uh, we went back the week later and, and the Cardiff game was, wasn't great but um, in between all that was the Bristol game as well which was another one of these moments that we'll cherish forever and uh, 
and I know there's one man who I don't care how big he is and how uh, how much of a personality he's got. I know that that goal meant all the world to him and uh, and Adebayo Akinfemi getting a championship goal again. A moment that we'll never forget and we'll never underestimate what this club does for people. Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. Um, then 1-0 against Bournemouth, which again was just amazing. <laughs> you know, I forget about these games sometimes. It all went to a blow at the end there. And uh, my big memory about that one is, is Rob Keogh was here and, and at the end of the game came over to me and, and I said, I owe you that, Rob, because you haven't seen us win for a while. You know, I think he, he came to Doncaster the last game of last season uh, in the league and uh, and and it was a defeat um, and I think that was the last time he was over until this season and, and he hadn't seen his win and, and he'd been so supportive to me that it would, listen it was a fantastic scalp and when you've got Solanke and Dan Juma and, and Billing and people like that in their squad never mind in their team Jack Wilshire and, and they really came with a, a winning plan they wanted to win they're in the playoffs it was brilliant to see my boys perform the way they did against probably the biggest budget in the league by far and uh, but at the end of the game I, I almost said to Rob that, that that's for you Rob you know you've you've worked so hard for us and uh, and I know it's the what is it the second last game that one's for you and he was really complimentary of the team and the way we're doing things and his support to this day has still been phenomenal even with the relegation on our CVs yeah that was a special moment and set up the last game fantastically well didn't it it really did the New Orleans duo going up to Middlesbrough looking absolutely frozen I think Rob's sitting there in a blanket but still with absolutely huge grins on their faces after a 3-0 win yeah and and, you know I don't mention Pete because he's part of the furniture here he stayed here and in the sacrifices he's made living away from his family for almost two years now um don't know if I could do it he's, he's just been absolutely brilliant and uh, his uh, his voice is heard from the stand I think one thing that the fans have been here is that you can hear Pete's voice he's so behind the team and he's, we're very similar you know we grew up the same we almost had the same lives growing up with football and music and uh, and we have a real kindred spirit so Pete's just Pete he's there and, and, I, and I'll forever be thankful for him being here because he's been an absolute legend of, of a co-owner with Rob and it was, a, it was a nervy game obviously we knew there was other things elsewhere that had to happen we knew that 13-0 would have kept us up if we if things had gone the right way ironically it wouldn't have now but um, even then we I said to the boys you never know what might happen even though deep down I knew that 13-0 is probably a record scoring that ever in the football league and it's never going to happen but we, we had a going on uh, and I think um, again to deliver for the uh, for the Keurigs for the fans the way we did I thought was was outstanding and, and what a nervy game for the other teams at the end of the season we pulled ourselves above both of them above Sheffield Wednesday one point behind Derby just outstanding you know from the boys who really dug deep and really come good at the right time one more game and I think we'd have done it we knew it was only 46 we always said we'll be where we deserve to be and unfortunately that's just coming up short but for some reason this doesn't feel like a relegation to me it feels like a this is an extension for next season and, and what we're going to do and we're going to we're going to carry on what we're doing and, and uh, it's been a brilliant year really has you know and it's crazy to say because we have finished below that line but I've enjoyed every minute and I just wish with all my heart that the fans could have come along this journey with me because I know what round of applause we'd have got at Middlesbrough away from uh, from those guys and uh, and believe me you've, you've been missed I'll never ever take you for granted 
do you have a couple of those sort of sliding doors moments, particularly with regards to the two Derby games where you might look back on it and think, well, I think we hit the bar in the dying moments at Pride Park and obviously we gave the free kick away here at Adams Park. Yeah, Gareth McClure hit the crossbar didn't he, from a, from distance. Uh, I th- I, people might not remember, but Daryl Hogan scored a perfectly legitimate goal at home. And if people want to check back on this, he's five yards onside. We questioned this after and with the referees and they always come back to you and they said, yeah, we made a mistake there. You, you should have had that goal. Maybe me, my sliding door moment where I could uh, get that linesman looking at the right place at the right time and ruling Daryl rightly onside. Uh, and it's not close. It was five yards. It was, a, it was a quick free kick. I actually said to Dobbo after that game, I said, I hope that one doesn't come back to Hunters, you know, and uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. But uh, it, it did, didn't it? It did one point, you know, and... Uh, that's where it comes down to small margins like that but for us to finish above a team like Sheffield Wednesday and as close as we did to Derby County these are phenomenal sides these are big big teams and uh, we did our best I can always look in the mirror and say we did our best I can't I can't have done any more you know when I make my substitutions or when I pick my team it's never oh this isn't the best thing for the team but I'll do it anyway it's always right this will work because of this because of this because of this because I know this will work and I have faith in my boys and, and they have faith in me and do you know what yeah I'm the manager I'll take it on the chin but I'm determined that we'll be back to this level one day and, and I want that one day to be soon because I'm excited to see what next season can bring Still to come we will be hearing from Gareth talking about contract negotiations and also some of the players that he might be bringing in over the summer it's really fantastic isn't it his positivity comes across completely throughout the whole interview that must have been something that you found sort of sat with him as well Yes, completely. I mean, the whole whole season, when, when you speak to Gareth, he is exactly as he comes across when he's in the, the dugout and, and when he's speaking to the media. That is how he is. He's just a really, really positive and a really nice guy. And the one thing, and I know that we talked about this a bit previously in, in the programme, is that you do think, goodness me, I'd really love it if he was my manager. No, definitely. Second part of our interview with Gareth coming up in part two of the Wickham Wanderer Show here at Wickham Sound. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we will be playing some of the bits of the programme that maybe didn't quite go as Colin and I had imagined. What do you mean? Surely they've all gone as we imagined. Well, not not all of them. (laughs) Some, Some aspects have been completely out of our control as well. Yeah, that's very true. And actually, I don't think there's many bits where actually things didn't go how you imagined. I I think it's more me um, doing some of the interviews with with Gareth uh, and some of the players. Yeah, and some of your geographical issues have been highlighted a bit as well. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, Though I don't think we've actually got any of those tonight. Um, But yes, luckily I turned up in Blackburn, not Blackpool that time. Final part of our chat with Gareth Ainsworth speaking to Bob. We're at now what must be a very hard moment in the season for you where we've had the news about players who are not keeping their contracts. Um, I know with regards to to yourself, the fact that you were let go by by Blackburn um, on your birthday all those years ago, it must be tough um, to be doing the best thing as well for for the team and the club. Yeah, you know, 30 years ago, I was told that I wasn't good enough for professional football and and that was me. And six years later, I think I played in the Premier League and I'm still here now managing. I haven't had a day out of the game since then. And I was so determined to prove Don McKay was the manager of Blackburn but with that 
determination you need also support I had mum and dad I had friends and family and supporting me so what I'll say now is the, the players that do get released they need support around them definitely they have their they have their friends their, their families and at the end of the day it's only an opinion it's only one opinion and, and sometimes it's not on ability it's, it's just that you do it for the player they need to go on and find somewhere else they need a career somewhere else and uh, you know Ryan Alsop's been a fantastic servant to this club you know I wouldn't be in the championship without him and wouldn't have had our season Ryan picks up an injury stock or comes in and just does phenomenally well and uh, and that's football you know and, and I think Ryan will understand that he's been awesome I'm sure we'll see him again probably at a higher level than we are because he's a fantastic keeper and Cameron Yates again a really tough one he's played a real big part in the promotion season you know two goalkeepers there and, and Cam needs to go and play and, and he needs he, you know I want him to go and play and find his feet in football I'm sure he will but it's always a tough day you know Darius um, is a little bit different um, and and what he's going through you know so the, your loan signings go away and, and some of the younger boys that you know probably people don't know about you know they have to go and find uh, find a way to do it themselves and, and it builds resilience but it's never a nice day I went through it myself and it is tough really tough but you also get the flip side of that telling the ones that you want to keep and you want to you, you believe there's some potential there at Wickham Wanderers, you know. So yeah, it's never personal. It's it's always hopefully for the best. And like I say, I always do what I think's the best decision at the time, either for the person, for the club. And uh, all managers have to do it. But um, no, I wish all the players the best who've been with us. And thank you for all your efforts. You've been fantastic. And the ones who are staying, um, we've got some future together that we want to try and get back to this level that we're still at at the moment. I think there's. there's the playoffs are still going so the league's definitely not over yet but we're still actually a championship club until this, the first game of next season when we uh, when we do put on them boots again we'll be determined to get back to this fantastic level I'm really proud of everyone one of the things that Darius hinted at uh, in his farewell message and also one of the things that David Stockdale said to me was just how at this club you're very much allowed to be yourself, which is something that I think you should be allowed to be in any organisation, in any place. But the fact that they always say it with regards to Wickham Wanderers and you've had so many players who've been here and left and come back. What is it about this club? And, you know, it just must be as well the way that you manage that actually you're allowing these players to express themselves and they feel so comfortable here. But I, I always thought that the be- the people who got the best out of me would just let me be me. You know, guide me. Don't try and change me. Because I think you, you are what you are, you know, and you, you're, in, you're a footballer for a reason. And those reasons are, are really important. So don't try and change those reasons. Don't try and change somebody too much. Let them be them. Let them flourish as themselves and guide them and, and add a few things. And, and that's what... That's how I manage. That's how I'll always manage. You know, some managers do manage out of fear, you know, and the, and the, the old-fashioned way or contracts, shorter contracts. Definitely not for me. I'll manage it as if I was at the front of the queue and, I, and if there's any challenges to hit, I'll hit them first head on, boys. You just come with me and back me and bring what makes you, you. You know, so if it is Davey Stockdale being his flamboyant self, we need that as well as Curtis Thompson's silent, just absolute sturdiness and, and you know that he's there and will scrap and fight for you. He doesn't need to shout about it. So all these things, I think you can't change people. And I think you'd waste a lot of energy trying to change everyone and put them into one model. I think what makes Wickham special is that everybody's strengths make the whole Wickham family. And I want them to emphasize those strengths. I want them to be those people that they are. And I think that's, uh, that's really important. And, and to prove it, I, I am. 
I'm I'm this guy. I love my rock and roll music. I I want to look this way. I, I want to be positive all the time. Why? When we get relegated, why should I conform to what every other manager does and goes right? I'm really I've got to put on a mood now. I've got to pretend I'm down because the board might want to see that, or the fans might want to see me upset. And no, I care. God, I care. I care so much about this club. And if it takes me to put on an act, then I'm at the wrong club. I'm, I will be me. I care about this club so much, but I care so much that I'll be super positive and try and lift everyone all the time. And, and I will be me because everyone who feels uncomfortable being themselves, have a look at this long hair manager in the championship who said he wouldn't cut his hair and said he wouldn't conform to everyone else because it's important to be you. And, uh, and I think that's uh, in a paragraph there, I think I've tried to sum up what we are at Wickham everyone brings their part of the jigsaw and it's a fantastic jigsaw and it's completed and uh, and we're building it currently and uh, I'm hoping we'll get it finished definitely by the end of next season to uh, to start a new one in the championship again it does make me think that there must be gay footballers out there how at home they would feel actually at Wickham Wanderers and one day it's going to happen it will be great to happen here anyone any you know you can talk about all the groups and all the all everybody will be included at Wickham Wanderers, and I'm sure they will at all football clubs. If it's easier here, then brilliant. But um, you know what? The day I say I've cracked it is the day that I will fall flat on my face in a big way. I'm learning all the time. I'll just try and do it my way, and if that's that's good, then brilliant. And if it's bad, then I try to do it my way. If it's a fault, then. Sorry, it's a fault, but uh, I will judge everyone on football and people they are, and nothing will change my mind on that. It's so important, and the, the modern world we live in, it's so important to be you. And at Wickham, you can definitely be you. And I think you see that as well uh, with the part that religion plays so much with so many other players as well. Yeah, we have a real group, a faithful group, you know, and, and again, you know, in some walks of life, in some organisations, somewhere, that might be frowned upon that they might not feel comfortable doing it boys if you believe and and you want that enough then you go and do what you need to do um i've got my own faith uh, and everyone else has, has got their own beliefs but um nobody ever at wickham wanderers will ever got anyone for anything else that's my job and that seldom happens as well um i just love everyone being comfortable and giving their best because it's my job to make sure that best is good enough for uh, for this football club and so far so good it's been great one of the things as well that you're fantastic about in the local community is supporting some of the organisations in particular the Wickham Homeless Connection and the One Can Trust as well this year yeah and, and if I'm honest my time has been so busy that I wish I could have dedicated a little bit more to that you know uh I, I put my name to it because I think they're fantastic, fantastic organisations and uh, I'll, uh, I'll vouch to come down and make a difference personally when, when the COVID stuff is finished and when everything is, is normal again. It's, it's great to have the name and, and, and it looks good and, oh, Gareth Ames is doing this, but I want to get down there and get on the, see some of the people who work really hard and the real real members of that team and those teams. But um, it's really important that we, uh, we look after our homeless people and our, our people who are obviously less fortunate sometimes. There's always, always people less fortunate and, and I think we've got to look out for them. Puts things in perspective, keeps things in perspective and uh, and it's important. And if every football club looks after their area, we'd, we'd definitely have a better standard in, in the whole country. Uh, and, and they all do. The football clubs all do. They all look after their own area and we try on that way as well. So, yeah, 
hopefully I'll get down there on, on the shop floor as they say to uh, to really help out and, uh, and make a mark but if anyone has any time or, or help for these organisations I think they're brilliant organisations and uh, proud to be a part of them so we're, we're nearly at the summer now. I know that football managers always, uh, you know, are, are forever on the job, as it were. What, what are you doing this summer to, to just take a bit of time away and relax? Uh, the phone will be taking the most of the uh, work because the agents now are calls and players will call. And um, there's some new rules coming in this year with squad sizes and things. So I think there's going to be a lot of players scrambling. Um, it's like a huge game of poker, Bob. You know, you, you've got a card there on the table. It might not be the top card, but it's a decent card. And do you take that card for your pack or do you think... An another one's going to come along and and if it doesn't do you miss that card and and you can't find one as good as that and and it's it is a real gamble at the moment and also we're not first to pick that card as well <laughs> often so we've got to make sure that we get it right uh, like I say I think I'm happy to say about 10 to 1 maybe 8 to 1 my signings have been good to bad and I intend to make not many only a handful probably a single handful and give you some indication of how many players I'm looking for but they've got to be quality they've got to be above the level Rob Kuig said he wants a championship club no matter what level we're playing at He's working hard on the infrastructure, on the stadium and the training ground. And I've got to work hard on the squad to make sure that that squad's good enough to compete at the top end of League One and maybe one day get back to this championship. So names are there. Some might be familiar. Some might have been seen already in Wickham shirts. But there's one or two who haven't definitely and will be fantastic signings for us. But again, this big game of poker that lasts for about four months is just started and uh, we've just been dealt our hands. So I'll keep you up to date with that. And I'm sure that many people will be, uh, will be watching closely. But uh, So it doesn't sound like you get much time either to have a holiday or play with the cold-blooded hearts or even walk the dog. Listen, I was in the studio today, so I can't grumble. I was, uh, I was doing some singing today. We've got the album coming out at the end of the year, which will be absolutely brilliant. I can't wait for that. The dog gets walked every day without a doubt. The only thing is the phone's always there and you have to as a manager, you've got to be accessible, you know, whether it's your players, your staff, future players, agents, whatever. Holiday time, I consider myself a really lucky man to have the job I've got. I really do. Uh, sometimes, and I don't know how my bosses will take this, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm in a dream job and I'm on holiday all the time because who wouldn't want to go in and manage a football team or play football or, or be around positive people? And, and it's phenomenal. So family's really important, obviously, the children and Donna and, and, and really important, but you know I don't need to go and lie on a beach somewhere not right now I've got a big smile on my face after a relegation is crazy but I love this place and I can't wait to get stuck into next year but I will definitely have some time away because there are other things in my life and football isn't everything but I think that's what makes us all grounded here and uh, look forward to the next season I can vouch for the big smile by the way the good news is that it definitely sounds like you're hanging around obviously the Preston job has been filled as well but is there a sort of managerial career path because if I was you I would be very much thinking well yeah love it at Wickham Wanderers but maybe one day I want to manage QPR I want to manage Blackburn Rovers <laughs> do you know what honestly there isn't a path I'm a believer in you. I make the path a few steps in front of me, not miles in front of me. And you never know what's going to happen in the next few steps. And that, and that's that's genuine, you know. People said to me, um, you've been at Wickham 10 years now, it's time to move on. I just say one word to them. Why? You give me a valid reason why it's time to move on and I will, I will go. But so far, there isn't a valid reason. Money's not everything. Status isn't everything. And, and the league you managing isn't everything. I'm so lucky that I think I've worked out what's really important to me is emotions and people. And I get my fair share at Wickham with that, definitely. I've worked with some brilliant people, some fantastic people. And the emotions, 
they're, they're brilliant they're brilliant we've talked about these games we have we've talked about how tough it can be and how good it can be so why why do you have to move on just because other managers do it or just because that's what's seen as the right thing to do you're talking to the guy who doesn't do the right thing sometimes he doesn't do what's seen right to do so really happy keep asking questions that I'll keep saying why and finally a message for the fans we know how much you want them back uh, and fingers crossed that might happen in August I've missed them so much believe me I've missed them so much and, and even more so we've lost some as well in the in the couple of years when we haven't had fans or the 18 months and that's been hard to take you know no more recent than Teresa Slevin who, who's a, an absolute fantastic fan from, from day one when I signed at this football club she was around the, the players entrance every game and uh, one moment stands out to me where I think Matt Bloomfield was getting a bit of stick on social media and she said to me give a message to Matt will you tell him not to worry about anything and I said Teresa I've told him that, but thank you. We, you know, we're all together in this, but she was she was so concerned and so wanted to get that message to Matt that she'd waited at the tunnel to tell me that and just to make one of her heroes feel better. And people like that are absolute diamonds and she's going to be absolutely sorely missed. But she saw Wickham in the championship. She saw us winning the championship and we were a championship club and uh, and I'm so proud to have gifted that to her. But um, not just Teresa, a lot of people, you know, um, and the ex-players as well that we've lost over the years so it's been tough you know it really has been tough and I can't wait for the fans to come back because it feels like the norm for them and it feels like that meaning that they've got every Saturday that togetherness that they have and this fantastic football club that has brought pleasure to so many people and togetherness and we've missed you and I've missed you because I know you'd have got me them extra points that we needed to stay in this championship but believe me next time we're here I know you'll get them for me Fantastic, Gareth. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. This is Wickham Sound. A huge thank you to Gareth Ainsworth for giving us so much time on the Wickham Wanderers show. Brilliant to hear from the Wickham Wanderers manager, in particular about his future. That sounds quite positive that he's thinking of staying with the chairboys. It is really encouraging and I think it's what every fan sort of wants to hear as well because I think we've mentioned a few times haven't we that he's favourite to be linked with other jobs and it's so reassuring to actually hear from him himself just to say you know why, why would I go elsewhere? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that uh, that question where he said you know well, wh- why? why why would I go elsewhere? Uh, he clearly is very happy um, and so fingers crossed yes that he does stay but yes thank you to him uh, and thank you to Matt Cecil as well for organising that and so many of the interviews that we have done during the season. No, no, we've been so lucky on the show uh, to speak to people. Actually, yes, now might be a good time to, to do some thank yous. We, we can do the thank yous now, yes, definitely, um, because uh, it's not only Matt, obviously, um, the Ex Players Association have been invaluable with providing us with so much content this year. No, definitely thanks to Alan Hutchison and JDT as well. We've uh, It's just been fantastic to speak to so many different former players from different eras, and obviously uh, Martin O'Neill, obviously, to get to speak to him was a, a real highlight, and some of the other managers as well, and uh, David Jones, the physio, was brilliant as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to next season uh, speaking to more ex players we must say a big thank you to uh, producer luke who uh, has has been also invaluable in he really has in sort of the image of the show how it sounds all the um social media stuff uh thank you as well to uh, phil catchpole for allowing us to play out some of his ringing the blues and if you are looking for a wicked wanderers podcast that is another one that we would highly recommend uh, and thank you also to uh wicked wanderers women as we must now call them because they have joined us quite a lot as well during their the, what was a very curtailed season for them no brilliant really glad to chat to dave ward charlotte the captain um alicia as well who we've had on and other people as well who've contributed tom hancock of course we had his stats brilliant insight for him we spoke to will the chef we um, did quite yes. briefly 
Emily as well uh, from the club. Thank yes. you to, to both of them. Yes, and we're looking forward to, to many more guests uh, next season as well and uh, also bringing you some new features. We've been working on the ideas, haven't we? Uh, we have, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll keep this quiet for now. Absolutely. We'll just, just tease them slightly. <laughs> However, that then brings us on to some of the bits that maybe didn't go quite as we had necessarily planned, whether that was us or whether that was the players being interviewed or even our fellow colleagues from the media doing the interviews uh, that we were also attending. Because it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of scope, isn't there, for, I won't say error, but, but as you say, just the, the unplanned to happen. Indeed, yes. Uh, just getting your words uh, slightly mixed up. Uh, as Joe Jacobson discovered uh, when Alicia was interviewing him after our 4-1 win against Preston North End in the FA Cup. The gaffer wanted to um, have a cut run and, and he said about breeding, winning, uh, winning breeds confidence, um, not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine the manager saying, breed them. <laughs> Breed them, that'll win confidence. Go on, boys. Go, go, I'm proud of you. Go, go and breed them. Yes, that, that wouldn't quite work. Of course, that then set up the match against Tottenham Hotspur. And so there was a lot of media interest in that particular game. Um, and I recorded the press conference beforehand that Gareth did uh, with, with all to so many people in the media. And one particular person who made a little bit of an error during that press conference was Moose from TalkSport. On the other hand, the same people are saying, oh, he doesn't look like a man enjoyed does that bother you at all i mean i i think it's great when you when you walk out in a leather jacket and it looks like bond john bon, john bon jovi you know what i mean it looks I like you know, the, lead, the lead singer of, of death leopard <laughs> death leopard lead singer is called joe elliott for a start and and why can't you say john bon jovi it, it was quite early in the morning, to be fair to Moose. Gareth wasn't the only one that he had quite an entertaining uh, interview with. Uh, he, he he slightly upset David Stockdale, and this was one of the examples where definitely the elements were not particularly kind during the interview. This is going to sound incredibly negative, but I know you as a person, I've known you for a long time. Realistically, we're going to go down, unless they pull off some sort of amazing great escape. So when you're going into these games now, Obviously, it's not with the mindset we're going to lose or we're going to go down. But it's a half of it, the mindset. Let's finish this season really well so that we can start next season really well. Realistically, I'd like you to come in the changing room and say what you just said. Because you might not get alive. Because I don't care. Until it says the R and, and the, the red bar across that name. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you might not have got away from him. So, there's, there's so many aspects to talk about. With encouraging a hurricane towards uh, moves from Chalksport. It sounded like the Space Shuttle Challenger was just lifted. <laughs> also, part of you was just going, oh, please, just go in the change room with them, please. Oh, I mean, that would be so, so good. I would have loved to have seen that. And particularly also, you know, had we just managed to stay up, that it would be even better to then be able to play that back to him and say, well, what do you say now, Moose? It was impressive they could stay up in that wind. It was very impressive, wasn't it? Let's move to um, the, the game against Huddersfield now, where, of course, we won 3-2. Um, and Huddersfield's definitely a place where they like their lawnmowers, shall we say. And Uchi as well. He's very honest, is our Uch. Did you guys always believe that you could get the win? Yeah, of course. Listen, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I hate losing. And so does the team. And everyone's been burning just to win a game. And um, it, it's been tough. I, you know, I, I can't lie. You know, I care so much. And it hurts me to lose. So, um, listen, it's a great win. I'm not going to lie. We've got work to do. Lying is, is not good in these sort of situations. <laughs> He's been brought up very well, hasn't he? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm sure not only Gareth, but his mum's very proud of him as well. The lawns are exemplary in Huddersfield, though. They really are. It's very impressive. Uh, lawns isn't the only thing that we've had to contend with this season, um, as Ryan Tafazzoli found out in one of the post-match interviews that he took part in. There's been so many games where we've been a better team, but I just said, Dennis, you know, you've you've always got a chance if you can attack the ball and pick up the fly early. Um, he's going to put it on the money, and that's what he did tonight. I think we should use some of those expressions more often. <laughs> I've no idea what was going on behind behind him during that one. And Gareth also uh, has fallen victim to, to uh, a few strange bangs and crashes in his time. But there's so many teams that have swapped places right now with Wonders to have six games to survive in the Championship. Wow, what an exciting encounter this is going to be for the rest of the season. And I, I preach that to the boys. Stay humble, stay human, because... You know, you never get anything. You earn everything you, you have to, and, uh, and they've earned it. And stay, stay sheltered from the wind is another tip as Indeed. well. Indeed. He sounds like he's on some sort of oil rig or something. Yes, or building site. Yes. Um, uh, and talking of building sites, um, this, I think, is probably your favourite clip from the year. Released by Norwich, you've got to give credit to Bob Rickwood and Sam Grace, who, who put the B team together. You know, they, they saw Anish, they brought him in on trial. Uh, he shone. Oh, there's the stadium falling apart. <laughs> No, don't worry, we're okay. Um, <laughs> the way he says, don't worry, we're okay. <laughs> uh, I, I still maintain it, it was because he couldn't really see what was going on. So I was aware that, that something was about to fall over. Um, oh, you, and it was a bit of a surprise to him. So, you know, he, he, he was very, he sort of like flinched as, you know, as, as it happened. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were a fair few people behind him like that. I also took part in a press conference with him as well, where, where he suffered from a slight dry throat. Uh, how's Joe Jacobson doing? Obviously, he came off uh, in the first half during the game against Spurs. <coughs> yeah, we're still in the assessment stage of Joe. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so he's uh, he's really hoping to play. He's hoping to be involved. Um, whether the medical team can get him round, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I got a frog in my <laughs> That's all right, don't worry. I'll, 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 I'll edit that bit out. We're not live. No, don't worry about that. <laughs> it's nice that you said don't worry about that, because we clearly haven't. <laughs> No, exactly. Uh, I was actually thinking, oh, no, we'll save this bit for the, yeah, yeah. the, the last Christmas. show and, and play it back. Gareth has also been uh, auditioning um, to be in a McDonald's advert as well, I do believe. I'm loving it. I, I wake up every morning. Lucky man. Manager of a football club in the Championship. I'm loving it. No, only 99p. Um, and he's also got quite good at whooping as well during the the interviews. Proud, really proud. Always will be. You know, they'll never, they'll never get me down. You know that. So let's go against that day. Woo! We could use that in so many other different ways as well. <laughs> exactly. That was, was such a good one. Um, he's also, as we know, always proud of the, the lads. But not only the lads, actually. He's, he's proud of absolutely everybody who's ever worked at Adams Park, which actually probably includes you as well, Colin, and also the caterers. Everyone who's supported us, played for us, managed any part of, of the business or anything, served the cup of tea. You've all played your part in this club. Done the ground announcing for two seasons in the late 90s. Yep, there you go. Did you ever make a cup of tea while you were there doing the ground announcing? No, I never saw any tea, to be honest. Oh, did you not? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, and maybe you could have joined uh, Gary Waddock. Now, Gary uh, was, was one of the ex-managers that we interviewed this season, and we were very impressed with the fact that, that uh, as we all know, a lot of us say the word, you know, but Gary went went above and beyond with his you knows during the interview. Gareth coming as well, you know they knew, you know that, you know he's been in charge for, you know, <laughs> since I departed the club. It, it's not very often that you get a double, you know. No, 
no, I, I, I thought that was very impressive. Um, and finally, we can hear from Pete Kuhig about the club uh, being chosen as one of the vaccination sites uh, and a suggestion that he made uh, that unfortunately didn't get approved. It obviously is, uh, you know, a very prominent reminder that you're there at a time when obviously there's not many people coming to the stadium. Yes, it is. We've kind of joked. We wish we could make everybody leave through the shop, but um, <laughs> we asked and that's not allowed. <laughs> you can imagine it, though, can't you? <laughs> exactly. This way. I mean, you know, and, 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 you know he, he's completely, isn't that just the, the sign of a really good sort of like marketing and, and sales guy? Um, you know, at every theme park or every child's attraction that you ever go to, you always make them leave through the shop and, and Pete's completely on board with that. No, definitely. It's been such a fun show to do. Have you got a particular sort of standout, I don't know, moment uh, either on the show or from a game you've been at or just something that really kind of, kind of stands out for the whole season? I, I think, to be honest, it, it's just having spoken to Gareth Ainsworth so much during the season and just got to know him um, and just he's completely gone above and beyond what I, I thought before I started this show. You know, I always thought how lucky we were to have him at the club. I always thought how well he came across. I always thought he seemed like somebody that definitely, if I was a footballer or in any walk of life that, you know, that, that I would want to play for and having spoken to him now for, for the whole season and, you know, been very, very lucky to, to obviously spend quite a bit of time with him. I can say that he is all of that and absolutely more. He, is just a a fantastic top human being um you know he really is as positive as that um so that has been my 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 sort of like long highlight of the season if you were and also something that we missed out in our in our thank yous a little earlier on is a a massive thank you to you uh because obviously it wouldn't be much of a show without (laughs) just me but also it wouldn't be much of a show without you know someone who's been to the games has watched the games uh, and you know literally been to the games especially uh, during this time uh, and the away games as well not just the home games but especially even you know when we remember as far back as you know you did that piece when you had to go through all the covid tests and fill out the questionnaire and approaching the steward and we had that little bit in your car with talking about you know getting you checked in and everything and it must have been great for you as well to have been to so many grounds that to you know, I, I realise that I am so, so very lucky. Um, I certainly, you know, certainly wasn't doing it for the, the thanks or anything like that. I've been so fortunate uh, this season to have actually got to see football um, live. Um, you know, it of course, it it's not quite the same um, as we have seen through, through the games that, that have been played over the last few days, the FA Cup final and the Premier League games last night and on Tuesday. You know, it makes such an enormous difference when there are fans there. Um, but even so, you know, I have been very very lucky this season uh, to have watched some fantastic football and you know one game that completely stands out above all others actually would is, is the most recent one and I don't say that just because it was the most recent one but you know the 3-0 win over Middlesbrough I really did go along to that with with very low expectations thinking Middlesbrough played so well against us earlier on in the season um, and you know and just thinking you know, I, I can't really see this happening today I never imagined that we would be coming away uh, having played Neil Warnock having played at a stadium that you know would definitely hold its own in the the Premier League as three nil winners, absolutely marvellous and fantastic as well. So many different stories of players. I remember earlier in the season you saying about Ryan Allsop being you know a contender for for Player of the Season, and obviously David Stockdale, what he's achieved since. Yeah, I mean, just you know that that is incredible, really, um, and uh, very sad. And as we heard from him, from Gareth uh, during the interview, you know, uh, clearly he was very sad to have to let Ryan Allsop go. You know, completely admitted that actually, you know, if it wasn't for Ryan Allsop, we wouldn't be in the championship. We wouldn't have had our championship season. Um, 
David Stockdale, to give him credit, you know, came in and and did what you have to do when you get given a chance. And that, that was, you know, played absolutely out of his skin and just was phenomenal. It was interesting what Gareth was saying, that actually, you know, sometimes you, you're also looking to do what's best for the player. And I think he very much realises that he has got two goalkeepers there uh, that could quite easily w- walk into the, the number one position in any club. Um, and so, you know, Gareth has in some ways done the very kind thing and said to Ron Allsop, right, you know, OK, you know, Go, go and go, go and find another club uh, and as he admitted during the interview he wouldn't be at all surprised if actually that's at a higher level than we're playing next season and in a way it seems the same to sort of pick out individual players without mentioning the whole team but people like Anis Mometti who, who really really sort of shone this season as well yeah, I mean, Anis has been absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, just su- such a good story as well. You know, clearly joined really playing uh, for the the B team, and you know, has, has just become one of those players that actually that you can rely on. Just you know, d- does some incredible things. It's going to be an enormous amount of fun, I would think, watching him in League One next season. But also, as Gareth will will always say as well, you know, just remembering the players that actually have been with him for such a long time and that were with us in League Two, Joe Jacobson, you know, in particular. A, a player who possibly his pace was questioned whether he could cope with life in the championship and you know and I, I think he's more than held his own and in a way obviously it's a shame to have finished with relegation but and to not want to sound like some sort of x-factor commentator but it has been such a such a journey it has been an enormously you know a fantastic entertaining journey who would have thought sort of particularly after the seven games uh you know where where we were hadn't won hadn't even drawn uh that actually we would have managed to have had so much fun and and got so much joy and pleasure out of the season um but there are so many moments uh you know bayo scoring a championship goal absolutely phenomenal uh winning away at huddersfield 3-2 when we were 2-0 down uh, you know, so, so many uh, occasions that, that you can look back on. And there's not that many teams, I think, that, you know, that, that can have relegation seasons and actually still look back on, on the majority of it and think, actually, yeah, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. I must say a massive thank you to you for listening as well. We've been really uh, encouraged by the feedback that we've had from the shows. We've really enjoyed bringing them to you and looking forward to uh, a new season in the summer. And I must say thank you to you as well, Colin, because, uh, again, I couldn't have done it without you. It would have sounded a bit strange, me just chatting away to myself. Um, So thank you very much uh, for for all of the production side that you have done. You've been there every week driving the desk and keeping the show going when I've been broadcasting here from home. So really appreciate that. Uh, And looking forward to doing it all again next season in League One. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.